High school is a very difficult time for a lot of teenagers, and it was doubly so difficult for me simply because I am a complete clone of our former president, Abraham Lincoln. Now, about 40 years ago, the Democrats uh, successfully cloned our former president, JFK, and had him run for presidency again. And he, being JFK, uh, easily won. And uh, he was impeached three years later uh, due to the Republican counter program, which successfully cloned Marilyn Monroe, which led to an affair between the two and... Then there was perjury and lying. I I don't remember all the details, but essentially, no more JFK president clone. And uh, then the Republicans also started a program of their own to start cloning their own former best presidents. And that was my basis of being brought into existence. I was to be the next Republican candidate as President Abraham Lincoln. Well, first, my parents had John, and he was always a really good baby, they say, and even as a toddler, he was never very fussy. Then when he was about four, they had Francis, and Francis was initially a little bit fussier of a baby, didn't like to sleep, couldn't keep down food, but no one really knew just how different the two were till they got older. By the time John was in fifth grade, he was the star of his little league team. He was playing in band and and singing in choir. He could play two instruments. All of his teachers loved him. All the kids loved him. He was just everyone's little darling. And not only that, but he was just the nicest kid. Or so I'm told. I wasn't around yet. Uh, Francis at that time was... In first grade, well, actually, he should have been in first grade, but they held him back in kindergarten for another year because he apparently wasn't proficient enough. He would color outside the lines. He had emotional issues. He would fight with the other boys. He would tease and be quite mean, apparently, to the girls. Uh, He just... Really couldn't do much. He couldn't play sports. He was apparently, uh, and it makes sense, he still is a rather uh, overweight guy. Um, and so he just he just wasn't doing as hot as his brother John. So my parents um, decided instead of going through the crapshoot that is uh, childbirthing, decided to just go with cloning. That was in vogue at the time. Uh, so they just cloned John and then I was, that was me. I was born. Uh, I'm, I'm just a clone of my eldest brother, John. And then another two years later, my brother Josh came along. And then three years after that, they had Jared, um, all clones of John. Hi, I'm, I'm Dick Fry. My parents' first son was... Richie Fry, he uh, he was accidentally killed on a school field trip when a giant model of a blue whale fell on him at the Chicago Field Museum. Um, it's always been hard following in Richie's footsteps because he uh, he, he was just uh, into some really odd stuff. He 
he would spend a lot of time at Renaissance fairs with my parents, you know, eating, uh, eating mutton and drinking glasses of whatever that crap that they drink at Renaissance fairs is. And, uh, all I, all I wanted to do was sit around and do civil war recreation. Um, that, that was really where I felt, uh, like I had a good time was sitting around a fire, uh, polishing my rifle, eating hard tack and, uh, you know, whistling Dixie. <laughs> Now, the JFK clone was actually the first successful presidential clone to come out of this, this secret program. Um, I think of note, the, the Republicans uh, cloned Ronald Reagan, and due to the way that they socialized them, they, they had no, uh, they didn't interact with anybody else. It was all, they were in a room and they were watching movies of people being nice to each other and about how great America is, and so on and so forth, to make them your ideal president. Um, unfortunately for Ronald Reagan, he had absolutely no contact with anybody. So if he got in a situation where he had to talk to more than 10 people at a time, he would fall on the ground into a fetal position, which, you know, as you can imagine, for presidents is a tough thing. JFK was the first successful clone, and I think that's more out of luck than anything else. And uh, they just decided that this was not a, a good way to to raise us so what they did is they uh they threw us into public schools so i abraham lincoln uh go to woodrow wilson high school in washington dc or it's actually in maryland but you know so when richie first died my my parents were well for one they were very upset and uh they weren't sure what they were going to do so they decided they liked Richie so much that they just have another one, and they uh, they cloned him, and that's where I come in. So my parents were always really um, thrifty, which is why they, in part, of why they decided to clone Richie because they knew how quickly I was going to be growing and all that other stuff. So they just kept Richie's clothes and gave them to me, which was kind of odd because for a few years I wasn't growing quite as quickly as Richie and I ended up having to wear the same pair of, uh, you know, Cleveland Brown sweatpants or t-shirt with uh, cows embroidered on it and uh, that just got a little awkward. I mean, I had a few more pairs of pants and stuff to begin with, but I'm like any kid and... Uh, they didn't they just didn't end up lasting too long so i eventually got down to just that and for about all of fifth grade um i'm pretty sure my teachers just thought i was really poor because i always had to come to school in the same clothes and uh in fact my parents had lost richie's winter coat and so they just uh threw a bunch of old christmas sweaters on me, you know, just ones from different years so that they, you know, the different thicknesses kind of added up. But uh, that was really a difficult time because I had to put up with a lot of abuse from the other children who most of them knew I was a clone. 
and they would do mean things like, oh, Santa doesn't come to clones' houses. And the sad thing was they were right, because my parents had already given me all of Richie's toys, like the toys that he had gotten for Christmas. So I never really got anything for Christmas. And my parents never even took my picture for Christmas. They would just reuse the old pictures from when Richie was alive because my mom said she liked the, the fact that she looked younger in those pictures and just didn't see the need to get new ones taken. Well, Francis, understandably enough, was rather upset by the whole ordeal. He was upset because after... um me and my brothers were, came along, um, well, he just didn't get paid that much attention to. There were uh, a whole lot of very successful babies to take care of and not much time for um, a less bright child that needs to have everything explained to him um, once or twice or three times. And so our parents just, they just didn't spend that much time with him, I guess. And I guess he also felt resentment for, well, the fact that he wasn't cloned, though it was pretty obvious why. So by the time he got to high school, he had some major confidence issues. I mean, he probably would have had confidence issues anyways, what with, you know, being fat and bad at everything. But really, the arrival of me and my younger brothers couldn't have helped at all. Um, Francis just couldn't get his act together. He got into drugs. He got, he just started running with the wrong crowd, piercing things. It was, it was no good. And our parents, uh, just, they, they tried yelling at him and they tried doing things to bring him out of it, but nothing worked. And eventually Francis just seemed too far gone. Now I didn't have a family in a traditional sense. I had, you know, uh, a group of scientists, I guess, that were m very involved with the way I was raised. They uh, made sure, they grilled me every every day after school, you know, asked me what I learned, and they wanted to see if I had digested everything. And they, they gave me, you know, normal kids get chores like go mow the lawn or uh, trim the hedges or something like that. I had to shake 50 hands a day and uh, kiss 20 babies, you know, just the, these presidential activities. I had to look in the mirror and practice my face of determination. And uh, I had to write speeches. And I, I, wanted to, I wanted to be, I wanted to go outside and uh, fly a kite. And I am actually the uh, president and founder of the Kite Flying Society at, at Woodrow Wilson. And uh, I, I love it. But it's, it's just like the little things. They, they wanted me to run for student council president. And uh, before you know it, I have secret service agents surrounding me, you know, at school. And, you know, I, it gets to the point. I am possibly, I probably am the worst student at this high school. Now, Richie had been a real big uh, video game fan. And uh, he'd gone to all the video game conventions. And my parents had gotten him all the fancy video games and everything and so they expected me to uh be real good at that and from there to move on to 
video game design and testing and reviews or whatever. I don't really know. But that really wasn't what I liked. I was a much bigger fan of board games, especially chess. And I would I'd stay up late at night till when my parents were asleep and I'd get the chess board out and I would go through different moves, just practicing, waiting for some day when I get to play. But I had to keep that away from my parents, though, because they were very dedicated to me um, joining up with the uh, video game companies and getting a job that way and making money. Because my parents were always looking for me to start making money, too, because they were always worried about it. I don't think they really needed to be, but they did worry. And... Uh, they actually got fairly upset when they found out that I was playing chess instead of spending my time working on the video game things. And it, it came to things like uh, they tore up my Bobby Fischer book on chess moves and my, my dad destroyed my chess board and crushed the, uh, the pieces. And, uh, you know, that was, that was really painful. I remember one time coming home and he had the chessboard sitting out in front of him and he was cutting up the the pawns with a jigsaw and and saying this is what this is what you've been spending your time with why are you why are you wasting your time on this when you could be doing something productive like playing video games and i just didn't understand it you know when i was uh, just when i was growing up i was I'm terribly tall and gangly, and I'm not athletic one bit. I was always picked last in every sports event. I never made any sport team except cross country, but they take everyone. And it's, it's just, you you give up eventually. You just lose the tenacity. Like, okay, I go to the store, I buy something, I get change, and I look at myself. This is what I'm going to look like in 40 years. Think if you were going to look like that man in 40 years. Dude, would you have a will to keep on going? I know I'm going to be ugly. Like, they, they make this guy look good on a $5 bill. That's good? I am not excited for my future in 40 years. I am going to... Wow. And and then they, they follow me everywhere. These scientists, they, they come to my parent-teacher conferences and they grill my teacher. And is he is he uh, is he a leader in the class? Does he take control? And of course, the answer is always no, no. And then I, I okay, what child, what child in today's society would not get beat up for wearing a top hat? Scientists insist that I wear this foot and a half tall thing to school and wear it around in daily activities. I'm supposed to assume the persona of Abraham Lincoln and yet fit in. So I'm supposed to assume this character from over 250 years ago and be in a modern setting. It doesn't work. These people have completely unrealistic goals for me. I, I just, you know, I, I, they, it was uh, two years ago and uh, they realized that I was not going to be the Abraham Lincoln that they wanted me to be, and they showed me the door and said, you know, thanks for the memories, and have a good life. Being a clone is difficult. It's not an easy life. I mean, people look down upon you. I, Thank goodness I met, uh, I, my best friend now is a, a Jimi Hendrix clone. He, he has the same thing. He, he was let go by the, the music industry. They wanted him to, they wanted him to play guitar, and he's, he's obviously a jazz clarinetist. Like, he, that's what he does. He, 
He plays clarinet, and they they were furious. And you know, we these celebrity clones. It's it's hard to live up to what your original genes were. John continued all through high school to be a star. Um, he was an athlete through and through. And he played football in the fall, basketball in the winter, and then ran track in the spring. John would uh, play his sports like there was nothing else in the world. And he was gorgeous to watch. He was spectacular. Um, He excelled the most at basketball. uh, And that was eventually actually what he got a full scholarship to do. Uh, he went to go play down at the University of Illinois uh, basketball program, which was pretty awesome. Um, now, the rest of us clones, that is, me and my younger brothers, well, we had the same genes as John, but, you know, environment can change how a kid thinks a little bit, and we didn't necessarily have the same interests. Um, for example, I really got into theater um, and also uh, choir, Whereas Josh, Josh was really into uh, orchestra. He played the cello, actually. Um, And Jared, well, Jared uh, got into the skateboard extreme games kind of crowd. And even though all of us excelled in what we chose to do, um, I, I don't like to brag, but I got a number of lead roles in both plays and musicals. Um... But that was never enough for our father. Uh, He really liked John's sports. And, I mean, I think he always really liked John more anyways. And in his eyes, John could do no wrong. And often, um, when, when I would try and take something like, I just got the lead in the school musical to my dad, he would just kind of be gruff or even angry and say, you know, well, what is that going to get you? And I said, well, it's fun and I like it and it's what I love doing. And he would say, so look at John. John got a full scholarship to college to play basketball. Do they give out theater scholarships? And I try and tell him about conservatory programs and sometimes they do, but he doesn't listen to that. He just, he just says, well, so you mean I have to pay all that money for you to be cloned and still pay for you to go to college? And uh, I mean, I can take it, but Josh overheard that last conversation and he was pretty shooken up, actually. Um, I saw on his desk the next day a whole bunch of pamphlets for music schools and all of the scholarship applications that he would have to go through in order to have them paid for. The scientists, they, they expected me to be this great leader, this great man. And I, you know, I, I just wasn't, I wasn't fit for it. They, they made me, they made me go to these uh, young Republican meetings and they were furious with me for not going there on my own. So I, I went to one, I went to, I think three meetings and they were the dullest thing that you've ever been through in your life. They don't, they talk about, you know, economics and money. Just say, your kids, how much money do you have? <laughs> God. So I, you know, just to, just to yank their chain, I went to the young Democrats, which wasn't any better. I mean, they, they talk about the same stuff and I just went there and, you know, I walk in the door and like, whoa, whoa, Abraham Lincoln, what are you doing here? Just on a little tangent here. Having a name like Abraham Lincoln, I mean, 
I, we're living in we're living in the the modern days here. No one has a name like Abraham anymore. Is <laughs> the name of the Bible. Anyways, in here with a bunch of young Democrats, and they grill me and you know ask me why I want to be a young Democrat, and they're very you know closed-minded and they don't want to let me in because they think I'm subversively gonna do. I don't know. And through all this, you know, I, I thought I was going to get a good laugh out of this. I get grounded by the scientists. These scientists say, you aren't allowed to leave, and you have to up your handshakes and up your baby kissings, and it's not going to be 10 minutes of looking in the mirror and being determined. It's going to be 20. It's just like, are you serious? How can you look at... I have to look at my face in the mirror for 20 minutes and look determined? It's the most ridiculous thing. I can't do it without laughing. I'm on a $5 bill. Can you believe that? I don't, I don't think I can express to you how bizarre this is. I see my face everywhere. On President's Day, for example, all my, you know, we come into class and we're in third grade and there are pictures of, of me, what I'm going to look like when I'm 40 years old. And all the kids are like, they laugh at me. I have had so many pennies thrown at me. You wouldn't believe it. I, it's, it's painful. It's, it's not only a, a, a heart wrenching thing, but pennies hurt. And and then ugh, I I they they let me go they kick me out and they they give me information you know what who is my mother and I I go out, I find this woman she's a har- she's a whore she's a harlot she's nothing I'm nobody I'm this washed up man that's two hundred years out of place with a name like Methuselah and ready to go I I have no idea what I want to do fly kites is that my life. I can't make a living out of that. It's just bizarre. They, they've they killed every inspiration. If you look in the mirror every day for 10 minutes and look determined, you are going to lose your will to leave. And then, if you look at yourself on a $5 bill, you don't want to live anymore. I promise you. school I, I began uh, skipping school to go play in local chess matches and by the end of my sophomore year I was actually nationally ranked and I, I was having some of my chess buddies that were 40 or 50 uh, make fake permission slips for me at their work so that I could bring them home to my parents and explain where I was going when I would be missing from school. Because sometimes I'd be gone for, you know, a week at a time or so to uh, Cleveland or Boston or uh, New York to go in a chess tournament. And occasionally I even won and such. Uh, and then my, my last great chess match was in um, Denver. And I was going to be gone for a week and a half, actually. And while I was at the chess match, they showed up during the last match. I was actually uh, going for the win. I was playing a, a Swede by the name of Jorg Olverson, and it was right in the beginning of the middle game. So they show up, and the next thing I know, my dad has me over his knee on the stage spanking me with a copy of Electronic Gamer. And then I didn't have anything to do. Um, I was out on the street 
uh, nowhere to live and really looking for opportunities. Uh, fortunately, I had heard about a restaurant that had been opened recently by the uh, the Reagan clone who had difficulty being in large groups. He was um, running an administrative position for a restaurant he created called Presidents on Wheels, which I went over and applied for a position in. And being they didn't yet have an Abraham Lincoln clone, they accepted me. And this was probably the worst thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I got to see, you know, other presidential clones who had also experienced the same thing. I, it, it wasn't that I'm not a loser. It's just that they put us through, they put us through hell. And I saw, I saw this through, through the other presidential clones too. Like we had, we had FDR and, uh, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, all, all these guys. And they're all, you know, we're on roller skates. That by the way, was absolutely impossible. I am horribly uncoordinated and you know they make me carry a tray of food to a car on roller skates are you serious i made a mess and then i have to wear this top hat that i i hate that thing i didn't wear that my entire childhood it was the epitome of hating these scientists and and then you get you get you know who comes to a restaurant like presidents on wheels you aren't seeing you know foreign ambassadors coming you're seeing teenage kids coming to to go and push former presidents around it's like ha, you used to be a, a famous president let's let's go push you they push fdr out of, the, out of his wheelchair all the time he would get so angry at them it's just like i'm not he, he could walk because fdr and polio and he, he'd always get angry like, i'm not paralyzed I, that's not genetic no you don't understand i had a disease then did you guys pay attention to history class like they we would all just get very very impassioned and angry at these kids and you just wanted to beat them and not stop ever but you know you you have to show some presidential restraint and you know you have to I couldn't do it anymore, so I left, and now I'm unemployed, looking for work. I'm living in a flat with Jimmy, a great friend of mine, and I'm getting by. Being a clone isn't easy, but it's my life. But it was shortly after graduating from high school that I discovered the growing world of electronic chess games, and that's that's really how I brought my parents' desire for me to join the video game industry with my love for chess and because of that I was able to get a job at PC Gamer where I'm now the head of the chess game review division. I get to play all of the new chess games before they ever come out and I couldn't be happier and the fact of the matter is my parents couldn't be happier as well and it it really helped bring that together and it, it helped me make peace with my father before he died uh, just a couple years ago. And I really think that in some ways it uh, helped me develop into a productive citizen. And, and it's really helped me uh, bring myself together with my parents' first son. And it's really helped me feel like a more complete human being than... Uh, more complete than I ever have before in my life. And uh, finally, I don't, I don't feel like I'm just a clone. It's not easy. No, it, I don't think it will ever be easy for me. I frequently find myself sitting at, in the evenings uh, on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial looking up at this, this stoic figure who 
ruled our country to uh, a great new America. And his face is that face of determination that I could never do. It was just something that I could never be. And I just can't help but think, oh, Democrat.